Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And Lindsay, this is really weird. I don't know how. I can't really say how I got this audio. This but acting. I got okay. Audio. Yes. I got audio from <laughs> yes. inside Leah Michelle's house this morning. Oh, wow. How did you get that? I can't reveal my sources, but okay. this is the audio is that it? I got. When Beanie Feldstein makes her first appearance as Siegfried Follies comedian Fanny Bryce, stares into an invisible mirror and delivers her famous opening self-affirmation, hello, gorgeous, the crowd goes wild. But then she starts to sing. It was the text-to-speech software reading the pans of Hello, Dolly to leave Michelle in her apartment this morning. <laughs> she uses the text-to-speech. This is a little clunky because she it's can't read. a little clunky. She can't read the, the pans. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Is it weird that I think this is going to be good for Beanie Feldstein's career? A high-profile flop? That's iconic. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's right. It's like that's why I feel like I feel no way. I'm like... Sucks for the producers, I guess, but I still think I still think that a people are gonna go see this, and we B, gotta see this. <laughs> Beanie Feldstein is gonna come out more victorious than ever. I'm so cynical about the way that like things work, capital T, capital W, that I'm just like, good for her getting a big high profile flop. When do people talk about Broadway? When does a Broadway review go viral? I will say pans tend to go more viral than rates, yeah, which is a bummer true. in terms of like the way that reviews work mm -hmm. for movies too. Like it's hard to write a viral rave. It's quite easy to write a viral pan just because mm -hmm. like you're being mean and people are like, oh, shady, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> if any, <laughs> oh, oh, shady. Oh, shady. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not seeing it. I can't afford to see a bad musical. 
I also just like have no familiarity with the original Funny Girl. Well, the thing is, the movie is iconic. But then I was told that the musical is different from the movie. And I said, no. Also, Barbara <laughs> turned 80 yesterday. And I'm not trying to disrespect by going to see an <laughs> inferior version of her masterpiece. I'm not trying to disrespect. No, I really do think that like Beanie Feldstein, who are them though. If she's a them, it's the most arguable them we've discussed in a long time. I think she's still sort of hooey, despite everything, <sighs> despite the come up. If she can pull off this run of Funny Girl with the pans, she's a them. If her star power alone can float this, then sure. Anytime someone gets a pan, you got to feel a little bad for them. Because that's got to be one of the worst parts of the job of being an actor, like having your stuff criticized publicly. But like in this weird way, I think this is a easily surmountable pan. And like, <laughs> I sort of feel like if she were more famous and had this flop, it would have been a problem. And if she were less famous and had this flop, it would have been a problem. Or if she were a dramatic actor trying to do comedy, it would have been a problem. But she's a comedic actor of this specific level doing a comedic theatrical performance in a way that some people found unsuccessful. And I think she will persevere. I don't know. I think she's in just the right who he plays for this to be okay. I just feel like being a star on Broadway, almost weirdly in the middle of your come up elsewhere is a great bump. And I don't know if I think it's a very, I think getting a pan on Broadway is a very industry uh, remembered thing and I'm not mm -hmm. sure that anyone else necessarily remembers those things. Do you know what I mean? No, <laughs> like, yes. And it's and it's, it's such a specific It's almost like people will acting. remember she maybe starred on Broadway but won't remember who she played, what musical it was or whether it was good or not. It's just like part of her legacy, right? And Leah will. I'm sure this <laughs> I'm sure this musical in some way might earn some sort of Tony, but not for her, but for somebody else in it or the production or whatever because it's just such a big production that the Tonys tend to go populist, right? Like just what people were seeing. And I don't know from my limited theater knowledge, limited, limited, limited. limited I just feel limited, like limited. you're right. Like it only helps her with not pedigree, just the star name, the, 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 the rise of the name Beanie Feldstein. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jonah was in town to see it. He mm -hmm. loved it. I saw. Obviously. He was everywhere. He was a man about town this weekend. He was eating pizza. I was like, I had my eyes open for him. I was trying to find him just so I could get a little, a little peek. <laughs> I think that Leah is going to remember this. Leah's going to say, Zandy, Zandy, read me the Hollywood Reporter one again <laughs> as she goes to sleep tonight. Zandy, as she's falling asleep like a sleep story. Exactly. Zandy, now the vulture, now the vulture. I'm not sleepy yet. Read the vulture one. Even the vulture pan by uh, Helen Shaw is strangely kind to her. Like every, you can, t they are pans that come from a place of respect and fandom. Yeah. The people who are panning Beanie Feldstein and Funny Girl are also rooting for Beanie Feldstein and Funny Girl. So I think in a weird way, this is, as I said, only going to make her more famous and successful. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I do feel like they'll finish out this run. People will come see it either way. I just really think the funny thing about Broadway is that you got to have a real floppy flop to flop. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> like you really got to have a bad one to flop. I just feel like people will come and, and still see this. And maybe that says everything you need to say about Beanie's um, star power. Beanie Feldstein, who are them? The fates have not quite landed on a decision.
<laughs> Bjork and Iceland has not come to a decision. <laughs> oh my God. I guess I got to remove my, I gotta remove my <laughs> eyeballs and talk about a flop. She was the only one doing an authentic Icelandic accent. You know, she, when she was speaking, I was like, this is how everyone is like trying to emulate. You're telling me people in Iceland don't sound like Nicole Kidman? <laughs> is <laughs> that what you're trying to tell try- me? She wasn't even trying. Before we move on from Beanie and Leah, I feel bad. I know Leah and Michelle can read. It's just such a long running joke at this point that she can't. <laughs> I mean, if she couldn't read before, she can certainly read now is what I'm saying. She finally had a reason to learn how to read so that she could read Beanie's pants. <laughs> she learned. This tweet from Film Updates, which links to an Entertainment Weekly story, has been haunting me all morning. Leah Michelle <laughs> reveals she once, quote, let Jonathan Groff see her vagina using a desk lamp to give him an illustrative lesson and satisfy his curiosity in the female anatomy as a gay man with no practical knowledge of its particulars. <sighs> the actual headline of this piece is equally horrifying. It's Leah Michelle once let Jonathan Groff explore the word of her body. Isn't the thing you want from like a documentary or a book or a memoir or something to be like, The thing everyone's going to pull out. Like, what is everyone going to pull out the moment the press starts watching this thing? I never would have expected the thing for the press to pull out in the documentary about the anniversary of Spring Awakening that's coming to HBO in like a month to be that Leah Michelle once let Jonathan Groff, her best friend, still to this day. Look at her vagina. You feel bad because it's clearly taken out of whatever context is in, Mm -hmm. which I can't even guarantee there is a context, but there's probably one and this has been ripped from the headlines in that way because we can't even go watch this documentary it's not even out no yet. no 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 and there's no already, audio we're feeling the backlash there's also you know leah michelle back in the news doing promotion is just a treat i'm thrilled mm-hmm. that we're hearing from her again it says though the two are notoriously close and bonded over the explicit love scenes and dramatic trauma they shared on stage 15 years ago it's still a bit shocking particularly that michelle would decide to disclose such a story you know what i think this does I think it humanizes her in a really weird way. I think she needed something strange that made her not this sort of stone cold mean theater lady. Definitely. Yeah, she definitely needed this. And also her friendship with Jonathan Groff is like the best thing she's got going for her. It's the best thing about her. her. It's like he's like he's vouching for her in that in a way. Like he's kind of just like, yeah, this is my girl. Like I she's my old oldest friend. This is one of my my oldest friends or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> this is my and she girl. is indeed funny <laughs> i promise okay moving on you're listening to who weekly uh and this is <laughs> are not you, who's there are you <laughs> this is just who weekly we talk about people like beanie feldstein we don't talk about people like nicole kidman we talk about people like candace cameron Bure, who quote signed a deal with gack media quote to develop heartwarming family and faith-filled programming you'll recall last time we <laughs> talked about gack Yes, actually, Gak has acquired Candace Camembert from us. Unfortunately, <laughs> we are announcing that we have lost Candace Camembert. She has signed with Gak Media. She is their anchor tenant. <laughs> to develop heartwarming family and faith-filled programming. Unfortunately, our slate of family and faith-filled programming has been canceled. Mm-hmm. So you'll recall that Gak stands for Great American Country. Great American Country. Country. <laughs> It is the network that has taken on Hallmark Channel. It's like, what if Hallmark Channel were more fundamentalist and restrictive and wider? (laughs) I was just trying to think of other things they could stand for, and I thought of gays and cunts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting my own GAC media, and it's called Gays and Cunts. (laughs) (laughs) The rival network. Yeah, Only available on Roku. Who would we acquire? (laughs) 
It would definitely only exist in the Roku city. But instead of Candace, we heard Lacey Chabert was was free, so we said, we'll take her. <laughs> we'll take her. Candace is now officially a gat gal. This is kind of actually kind of crazy, though, because, I mean, she she did she essentially held up Hallmark programming for like a significant amount of years on her glutes and calves she held up karma hallmark programming (laughs) they've kind of expanded past her but i do feel like she has made up a lot of the baseline of their material before kind of the implosion explosion which made it Mm -hmm. a lot less fun to care about these things we will never get another aurora tear garden mystery Lindsay. how do you (laughs) feel about that Never again will we know what Aurora Tiergarten is up to. Is there going to be like a finale where they where she gets killed or something? And they're like, well, that's the end of Aurora Tea Garden. According to TV Insider, the last Aurora Tea Garden mystery, which was haunted by murder and came out in February 22, mm. that will be the last one. And they are, quote, not expecting any additional movies in the franchise. So we won't we won't actually see her die. She's at GAC Media, and Bill Abbott released a statement, and he's the president and CEO of GAC, excuse me, GAC Media, and he said, quote, Candace is adored by generations of fans as one of family entertainment's most cherished and relatable stars. In case you forgot, GAC started, or at least him taking over GAC and rename Great American Country and renaming it GAC, started when he left the Hallmark Channel's parent company in January of 2020 after the company apologized for pulling an ad featuring a same-sex couple. So this guy said, I'm taking a stand over this advertisement and I am acquiring and rebranding or starting, I forget what he did, an entirely different copycat network that uh, would never air this garbage or whatever. And I will be competing for the crown. On June 7th, 2021, Discovery said it would divest Great American Country to GAC Media. And then Bill Abbott and this other person named Tom Hicks invested money into it. And they said, we're going to turn this into a thing. But again, Abbott came from Hallmark. So he's just doing what he did there, but in a more fundamentalist, exclusionary, presumably offensive and upsetting way. Yes. And the proof is Candace Cameron Bure signed on. She said, quote, excited to join the GAC TV and GAC living family. God, it just sounds so bad. How do you how do you keep this as the name? GAC TV says, beyond excited for this amazing partnership. They must be talking about a straight one. Danica McKellar says, yay, yay, yay. Welcome to the family, my friend. I cannot <laughs> believe that. <laughs> they already got Danica. <laughs> They got Danica. Danica's waiting for her there. Danica's waiting in the wings. You'll never be a star if they acquire Candace Cameron, you know? Like, that sucks mm-hmm. for Danica. She can't even be the the star of, of GAC. She could be the star of Gays and Guns if she wants to come join. <laughs> what is GAC? GAC is great stuff. Oozy. You can pull it. Make GAC sounds. How rude. Fortunately, Hallmark still has access to Jody Sweeten. And as Lindsay said, Lacey Chabert, pretty sure they can still get Christina Milian if they want them. I was going to say Christina Milian. She already joined <laughs> Gays and Cunts, so she's actually on available. <laughs> I mean, there is something interesting, I guess, and totally, completely unsurprising that you see all of these gay Lifetime and Hallmark movies that are, by the way, extremely chaste and, you know, still in, under still under the banner of these kind of very... PG. They're still under PG the banner movie. of heaven. <laughs> yeah, like you. <laughs> nice, uh, but but I do. But it is interesting that that's now pushing this far right guy further right. He's like, I don't even want to deal with that. And Candace said, "Did someone say further right?" <laughs> right. Exactly. So the real consequence of this is that the Christmas movie landscape 
is going to be very interesting in 2022. Gax Christmas lineup, get ready, buckle up, because it's going to be something else. <laughs> buckle up. What's the opposite of buckle up? Unbuckle. <laughs> That's what you do when you see Joe Alwyn is like about to be a topic of conversation. You don't oh, have to buckle un- up. We've slowed down. We've taken our seatbelts off. We can now roam about the cabin. No more turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> the overhead bins are now available to be open. You can take your luggage exactly. out. When your plane is circling around Joe Alwyn, it's smooth sailing, you know? You can stand up, you can go to the, you can go to the, what is it called? The marketplace. You can grab more checks mix, you can go to the bathroom, don't worry about it. You can change a tampon, you can just do whatever you want very freely. It's fine. Okay, enough with this metaphor. You we've we've drove it into the into the ocean. Joe Alwyn was profiled in the Wall Street Journal because he's promoting his new Sally Rooney Hulu joint, Conversations with Friends, which is an adaptation of the original Sally Rooney novel. I'm excited. I that's that was a that's a bitchy book. I like that one more than normal people. Um bitchy like they're all like mmm, 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 mmm. like it's so fun <laughs> and they're all like talking to each other. I love that about it. <laughs> this is on Hulu. He plays a kind of like character actor his with his wife is I think Jemima. His wife is Jemima. And then other girlies get involved and we're having a little bit of a love triangle, love a love square. It gets queer, it gets fun. I will say the biggest bummer about Joe Alwyn being in this is while we got full Paul Mezcal sex scene, very free, very fun. Like he's such a because he was such a like green newbie. It was almost like go for it. You know, I was like, who's this hunk? Where are these thighs from? And it's like Ireland. They're from Ireland. The, the issue with him is Hollywood's most private leading man is never going to, I mean, he's never going to show dick, but he's also never going to like <laughs> go as far as that just because of the situation that he's in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the situation being a relationship with one of the most famous women. I know. And I just feel like I don't, it's interest. It's interesting to me. Unlike somebody like, I'm going to say Ben Affleck, who has gone far i don't know i feel like it gets rained back when you join when you get into the coupledom that's like the a-lister thing mm-hmm. he was wild for a few years he did whatever he wanted i mean gone girl he was like i don't care yeah but the thing about joe alwyn is that he's still a who <laughs> joe alwyn could use these hot sex scenes he could and the thing is like i kind of forget about joe alwyn and then you watch the trailer for conversations with friends and it's like oh this guy's like really cute he seems like a good actor like i haven't really seen him in that many things but it's like oh he's good this seems like perfect casting but you can never get over the fact that he's dating taylor swift and he has been for years and we know almost nothing about this relationship like there's something very strange and very unique about joe alwyn like his ability to be in high profile roles in a high profile relationship but remain low profile himself the problem is and we could talk about this forever is at the same time that it's good that we don't know anything about it it makes you want to know more I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily even think I care about their relationship but the idea that it's a a mystery and the idea that Taylor Swift's entire kind of like narrative is based around ex-boyfriends unfortunately it -hmm. just feels too it's too juicy it's too I want to know I gotta know and I don't even really want to know but I gotta know and it's frustrating What do you want to know? What do I even want to know? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But you're right about the ex-boyfriend stuff. Like, she's famous for writing sort of vague, cryptic lyrics about her ex-boyfriends, most of whom she had problems with. 
and the only lyrics that exist about Joe Alwyn are so boring. Like, they're not insightful at all. <laughs> when she says, flashback when you met me, your buzz cut, and my hair bleached. That's like one of the only things she's ever said about Joe Alwyn. Because they met at the Met Gala when she had bleached hair. She said more things. She said more things. You just wonder, I don't even want to talk about her, I want to talk about him more, but you wonder what his com- career come up would be like if he didn't meet Taylor Swift relatively right. early on. I just wonder, what would he still be, oh, so private? Or would he not? I assume that he would be less private, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. He is someone who has been thrust upon us for many, many years, and it's like, this is the thing, this is the thing, this is the thing, and none of them are the thing. I guess arguably the closest thing was the favorite. Oh, he's so good in that too. But he's not even the star. He's he's kind of just one of the guys, and he's good, but he's not the breakout in any in any way. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's almost like everyone's waiting for the thing, and they're like, "Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing." But like, I don't know. It, will this be the thing? I don't know. I don't. I don't think a Hulu show based on a Sally Rooney book is going to be the thing. But like, best well, of luck of it is. It's been but- the thing in the past. Now that we've seen it be the thing <laughs> right, for Paul right. Mescal and Daisy right. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley Jonas, Daisy Edgar it's Jones. not her name. Da- Daisy Edgar Jones. Well, Paul Mezcal didn't help that he started dating Phoebe Bridgers in terms of like his little breakout, <sighs> which is kind of hilarious because I would say that they would love to have tried to be private, but they physically cannot be private. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you write a profile of this person and you're interviewing Joe Alwyn and it's like, we will not be talking about Taylor Swift except maybe <sighs> twice. So he goes out of his way. He's like, please just pay attention to what my work is. Please pay attention to this show that I'm very proud of. I co-wrote a song for Taylor. That's fun. I used a a pseudonym, William Bowery. Will I ever do this again? Probably not. Probably not. But still, despite his best efforts, I have to assume he has a complicated feeling towards this where it's like, I didn't really want to go there, but at least it's something noteworthy that people are going to talk about. The literal kicker of this piece is, I know. And even if you don't give it to them, engagement rumors will abound. Quote, if I had a pound for every time I think I've been told I've been engaged, then I'd have a lot of pound coins. He says, quote, I mean, the truth is, if the answer was yes, I wouldn't say. And if the answer was no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. say. I have to say, though, I'm not British. I don't speak British. But does this um, turn of phrase? I also don't speak turn of phrase. Does this turn of phrase work in British? I feel like it only works with nickels. Usually it's like, what's the actual? It's it's not. I'd That's have a lot I'm of nickels. It's you. like, if I had a nickel for every time I've been told I was engaged to Taylor Swift, I'd be a rich man. I think yes. that's usually how it goes. Yes, 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 yes. So he could he could say that again. But he's going, if I had a pound for every time I've been told I'm engaged to Taylor Swift, I'd be a rich man. But the thing is, he is a rich man, so you can't really say that. Sure, sure, sure. He just would have a lot of pound coins. This might just be a funny joke. This is funny. He's funny. I guess this is funny. You cannot tell me that Joe Alwyn, as a private, smoldering, extremely introspective thinker is not Mm. a complete Mm. press creation like this all seems so calculated to me and when you're connected to taylor swift of course it is making him mysterious is good for her it's good for both of them well you know he's uh he has his press people but he also has her press people so Mm -hmm. you're right like he has the most protection that there is and i gotta say Every time I hear this man's voice, it's like I'm hearing it for the first time. And I'm like, damn, he has a sexy voice. But I, but you asked me in six months he what does. Joe Alwyn sounds like, I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe a TV show will be a good vehicle because I'll hear his voice in every episode and I'll remember versus a movie yeah. where I'm just kind of like it goes one in ear and out the other. 
a TV show about literal conversations. That's good. He will be having conversations. His beautiful, deep voice and Jemima Kirk's fake-ass British accent? I mean, come on. My marriage has survived several affairs already. I've just never been party to them. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm -hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm -hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm -hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix Rude. so much. So rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. We got new boots, and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac, and I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. <laughs> Well, I have a good reason, too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots, huge. On the line dancing huge floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm -hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. 
Iggy Azalea did one of the hooiest things that you could possibly do, which is yell at an airline on Twitter. <laughs> Specifically American Airlines. There's something about God. it being American Airlines that makes it especially hooey. She tweeted, I wanted to tell any families booking travel, be careful flying with young kids on at American Air. I was flying with my son and they sold our seats while the gate was still open and then refused to take our bags off the plane, although every other flight was sold out for that night. One of two. Threading. Iggy Azalea threading. I explained why stranding me is one thing, but taking a baby's luggage is pretty shit. There's stuff he really needs. They do not care. Lucky I booked a different airline, but the average person would have been ass out and fucked. I just so wanted to warn the other moms. Be careful. I like when a celebrity doesn't, you know, expand their carbon footprint any more than they have to. Like, I like that Iggy Azalea doesn't fly private. She flies sure. with normal people. This is truly just like us behavior. Is she at least flying, like first class or something she didn't get first class treatment so i'm not quite sure right that's what i'm saying it is nice that american airlines treated her like shit as they do everyone else so that's nice right <laughs> i, I kind of like this story maybe they saw it was Nikki azalea and they said well, we'll let her sit <laughs> we'll let her we'll let her chill <laughs> so after this happened tmz was obviously very rude and we're like well we're calling the source so tmz calls american airlines i'm gonna correct that they reached out to the airport not the airline i just love the idea of a tmz like intern slash assistant waiting on hold to get a freaking quote up <laughs> a comment about iggy azalea well the tmz story says iggy azalea it's her own fault she missed flight says airport staff and this is the tmz exclusive again because they did the work and they said, airline sources tell TMZ the fancy rapper showed up at the airport at 5.30 p.m. for a 6 p.m. flight. We're told she was able to check her bags and go through security, but someone in her party got held up going through TSA. Our sources say boarding ended 15 minutes before departure, leaving Iggy and co. only 15 minutes to check baggage, get through security, and get to the gate. And when she finally reached the gate, there. the door had already closed. Oh, no. And they say, this is different than what Iggy said. That is stressful. Okay, so uh, what's interesting to me two is I have to say as a rule I don't like when people tweet about airlines like that's the, that's the lowest form of using Twitter mm, actually that's not true there are lower forms but that is pretty low but if you have over a certain amount of followers if you're going to use that for anything you've got to use it to fuck up a flight brand <laughs> to help you figure out your shit no I mean what's the point of having like millions of followers if you can't use it to dump on an airline exactly You're like right. there's nothing Twitter doesn't do anything anymore right like Twitter doesn't Twitter has so few uses now that the one thing that you could possibly maybe do is fuck with a brand <laughs> you know what I mean if you have enough they will <laughs> they will respond mm -hmm. well I'm glad the airport staff weighed in that's great could never be me getting there 30 minutes before a flight takes off I love being yeah. there two hours in advance getting a snack. You got to work that hour-long wait for the coffee into your schedule. I was laughing because I was looking at Iggy Azalea. I was like, what's she been up to for the past whatever? In January, she sold her house yeah, after, we talked about that. after buying it not much longer before and getting in a fight with her neighbor, which was, mm -hmm. you know, it's very her, very fun. Moving on, it was Rebecca Vardy's account. This story is somehow still happening. The Wagatha Christie trial is dragging on like it is never going to end. The people of England are riveted. They are every night they tune into their little TVs. I don't know what they look or the radio because they're vintage. They turn on their little radios. <laughs> they they gather around and they listen to Winston Churchill talk about the Rebecca Vardy trial. Yes. And live from the BBC, Winston Churchill does his and his mm -hmm. his daily address alive. of what's been going on. 
in the Wagatha Christie trial. So if you are, as Lindsay and I are, really repulsed and disturbed by for the big celebrity trials oh. of the U.S., okay. which are Amber Heard v. Johnny Depp and Black China v. the rest of the Kardashians, both of those trials are just... Uh, uh, Unsavory, to say the least. Judicial pits of despair. Just when you think things are going to be fun, just take a look at what's going on in those trials and you'll understand why we're not yeah. able to really have a laugh over there. But if you if you want to get your you know your court TV on and laugh a little bit about the legal system, pay attention to the Rebecca Vardy story over in the UK because this is still going on. It's referred to as we've mentioned the Wagatha Christie libel case. This all stems back to the years old saga which we've I don't know, we bring up every few months or so which is when Colleen Rooney accused her mate, Rebecca Vardy, of selling stories to the sun. She did this like very complicated Instagram story scheme. And now Rebecca Vardy is saying, no, 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 that wasn't me. This is libel. Basically, you lied about me in the public and I'm going to sue you. Even though Rebecca Vardy is the one suing Colleen Rooney for libel, a new piece of evidence was put into the court, which is that Rebecca Vardy once tried to sell a story about a footballer named Danny Drinkwater, (laughs) which I can't believe that's someone's real name. Danny Drinkwater is a footballer who was once arrested for drink driving, as they call it in the UK. Maybe he should have drank more water water exactly exactly. god the joke like writes itself and in that way it makes it a bad joke she was texting her agent caroline watt and she said story danny drink water arrested x caroline goes for what rebecca goes crashed his car drunk with two girls in it both in hospital one with broken ribs x caroline goes fuck when rebecca says He's only just been let out of the cells, X. Last night, X. I want paying for this. This actually kind of relates a little bit to the other trials in which everybody continues to look bad. Even the person mm-hmm. who is suing for yeah, what I mean. libel is what's coming up in this case to kind of combat their suing is somebody saying, you're just as bad as I am. If you're going to say that I'm bad, you're bad too. You're selling stories to the sun, including this one about your husband's ex-teammate, Danny Drinkwater. Yeah. Danny Drinkwater. So think- <laughs> that's so funny. British people rule. Danny really Drinkwater, funny. not Danny Drinkwater. <laughs> and that's his real name. That's and his also real name. in England, they call it drink driving. They call oh, it no. drink driving. I think that's the reason this is so funny, because the burden is, I guess, on Colleen to prove that it actually was Rebecca Vardy who was trying to sell these things. And I guess that's becoming quite difficult to prove. So they're saying, well, she's done this in the past. She loves selling stories to the sun. And here's an incident in which this actually happened. And never forget, last time we talked about this was months ago. They were trying to get more evidence. But then Rebecca Vardy's agent goes, well, I can't give you the evidence because uh, my phone fell on the sea. So these texts must have come from the sun because they were trying to get her texts for a long time. Not only did she drop her phone into the North Sea, she also, her IT expert, quote unquote, lost her WhatsApp password. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's been many attempts at getting this woman's text messages, and I think she knows why. And then finally, they went around her phone and went just right to the sun, I guess. Yeah, that's how it seems to me. It's a little unclear because this hasn't even gone to trial yet. The trial's going to start in May. The person that she was WhatsApping 
Rebecca Vardy was a journalist at The Sun named Andy Halls, which is why we think this came from Andy. Because in 2019, Andy said, Rebecca's never tried to sell me any story before at all. But meanwhile, here's some new revelations that she did in fact try to sell you something at this time about Danny Drinkwater. I just think this is a nice antidote to uh, all the stuff happening here. Because it's so fucking stupid. Is that what you're saying? It's stupid. It's not disgusting it doesn't make you depressed (laughs) but it also is interesting because it has a lot to do with libel law in uk which is different than here and libel law in other places and it's just much more of a serious offense and it's so and you can be really litigious over there about this type of shit first of all this this case is costing each of them more than they could have ever imagined i'm sure because it's dragging out forever it's not as cut and dry as i think maybe rebecca vardy thought right A few weeks ago, actually, there was a Daily Mail story with the headline, Rebecca Vardy's debts soar by more than 12,500 pounds as her company account has just 8,000 pounds while the wag at the Christie court battle intensifies. So what they're saying is that like, I think the implication is that she's spending so much more money on legal proceedings than she expected to, as you were saying. It just feels like these, these trials backfire and you either end up spending more money than you could have ever imagined or it makes you look as bad as every it makes you look as bad as the person you're saying is making you look, look bad, which maybe is a mm-hmm. lesson in itself. Because all these people are suing for reputation. It's reputation, reputation. These people are in their reputation era and it's not going well. She would have been better off just releasing an album, you know? <laughs> I know Taylor didn't sue Kim Kardashian for ruining her reputation. <laughs> She's smarter than that. Okay, moving on 25 things to know. We have two twenty-five things. We have 50 things. There's a good 25 things and there's a less good 25 things. There are 50 oh, things. There are not nearly thing. 50 good things. Okay. okay. Well, Sonequa Martin-Green, who is the star of Star Trek Discovery, which is one of those Paramount Plus shows that everyone's like, it's actually really good. Sure, but like who's watching this? Come on. The Trekkies, the same people who are watching Star Trek Picard. The Trekkies are alive and well. Are they alive and well? Oh, yeah. Okay. They're right. alive and well. Okay. Star Trek Discovery star Sonequa Martin-Green did a 25 uh-huh. things to know about me, okay? Uh-huh. If you want to know more things about her, if you don't watch Star Trek, you may have watched The Walking Dead. She was on The Walking Dead for a very long time. She was also on the iconic Lifetime show Army Wives and the iconic CBS show The Good Wife. Okay, I definitely know this woman's face, and it's from yes. not watching The Walking Dead, but like existing in a world where The Walking Dead is the number one TV show. Great. Yes. Okay, I know who she is. Got it. So she did a 25 things to know about me, so of course I click on it, and I was like, so what are some things to know about her? And nothing is super, like, attention-grabbing. Like, nothing is super interesting. She talks about her first job. She talks about books she's been reading. She talks about the first car she drove. And then you get to number 10, and she goes, I try to make toothbrushing time fun for my son, Kenrick. He's seven and still cavity-free, and we want to keep it that way. We use Crest Kids Enamel Plus Cavity Protection Toothpaste. (laughs) That's just one of the things? That's just one of the things. Because number 11 is, for my birthday this year, I had a Bob Ross painting party. (laughs) What a good time. (laughs) So number 10 is just, I I try to make toothbrushing time fun for my son, though. But that's like, that's the essence of the thing about me. Right. But... If that were just a thing, you would say, I try to make toothbrushing time fun for my son, Kenrick, who's seven. Instead, she goes, we use Crest Kids Enamel Plus Cavity Protection Toothpaste. And then I was like, does Sonequa Martin-Green have a deal with Crest Plus Kids Cavity Protection Toothpaste? If this was my number 10, it would just be like, I try to brush my teeth every day. (laughs) You know, or like some sort of like... Did I tell you what the fucking dental hygienist said to me when I went to the dentist a couple of weeks ago? What did she say to you? Harrowing experience. It was awful. I hate the dentist so much. I know. Yeah, what? Okay. And she goes. I'm sure she complimented you. Are you brushing twice a day? Two minutes each time? 
Yeah. And I'm like horrified of this person. And I'm like, like yes. Yeah. And she goes, do you floss every day? And yeah. I said, I try to. And then oh. she smiles and goes, I can tell. Oh my God. She got you. She complimented my gums. She fucking got, got my ass. She complimented my gums. She fucking got your ass. Brushing twice a day. That's a real feat. <laughs> it's really the small. It's really the It really is the small thing. It's hard to remember. That's why I need somebody to tell me to do it. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Okay. You don't want plaque. Plaque can cause okay. disasters in the body, All Lindsay. Right. Just okay. disasters. Well, okay. Beyond right. the mouth. So I've when you heard. Google Cynical Martin Green <laughs> plus Crest, you will see that... she's This relationship, is you're saying, has been going on for decades. I'm saying this relationship is as strong, if not stronger, than the relationship she has with her husband, Kenrick Green, who is also an actor. I thought you were saying this relationship is as strong as mine with my dental hygienist. <laughs> this relationship is as strong as my relationship with Crest Gum Detoxify Deep Clean Toothpaste. Okay, so she has been talking about Crest for a long time. In fact, actually, if you go to Instagram, it's literally her... It's her last Instagram from three weeks ago, which has been edited, and it starts with hashtag ad, hashtag Crest Partner. We're winning at the tooth game, y'all. Kendrick hasn't gotten any cavities. Hooray. And with him losing so many of his baby teeth, we got to protect that big, beautiful smile. That's why we use Crest Kids Enamel Cavity Protection Toothpaste, the most Ugh. advanced kids toothpaste from Crest. Blah, 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 blah. Check out my stories for a chance to win a free sample. You can do better than that. A free sample of toothpaste. They give that out at the dentist. So I was Googling like other times that she's talked about this. And in a recent interview with Essence, because again, she's doing a lot of press because of her Star Trek show, right? It's so nice that she met her husband on the set of... uh... A play. I think it was called... Hold on. It's called Fetch Clay Make Man. That's where they met. I love that. I fucking love that. And on Essence, the actual headline is Sonequa Martin-Green partners with Crest to pass her picture-perfect smile onto her kids, which is kind of a brilliant way of, like, just calling her beautiful. Like, this is Spawn, but isn't she beautiful? She is. (laughs) Look at her perfect teeth. She is. This whole story is about how to keep their smiles sparkling. And then she goes, but getting her kiddos, a seven-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter, to get into it hasn't been the easiest. That's why she's excited to get some help from Crest's new kids' advanced oral health care line. And the interviewer at Essence actually asks questions like this. How was he taking to Crest Kids Enamel Plus Cavity Protection and going from baby teeth to adult teeth? And she goes on for two paragraphs. I mean, maybe this is why she's gotten so much business from them, because she's so good at the talking points. She's so good at it. You know, in years past, she's done spawn for other oral care products. No, like, this stop is it. not new for her. Stop it. She's done spawn for Waterpick and Philip Sonicare. If this isn't spawn, she should have been paid for it because this is from 2018. Sonico Martin Green shows us how an intergalactic space heroine kickstarts her day, and she goes, "I drop off my son before I brush my teeth. Don't judge." I use a Philips Sonicare toothbrush and a Waterpick flosser. It shoots out a water stream so you don't have to worry about micro tears in your gums from flossing. That sounds like brand copy, right? <laughs> like, no one who isn't getting paid by a dental conglomerate is saying, you don't have to worry about micro tears in your gums. It's just, I, well, that's why I didn't want to know that was even a thing that could be possible. <laughs> Me either. It's actually horrifying. I, I feel like I have to switch to a water pick at this point. <laughs> this is where hashtag ads go wrong. I don't need to know more information. That's sca- You don't need to scare me into, like, using Crest or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm already scared enough. So you'd rather have a Jesse McCartney's 25 things to know about you, which doesn't include like oral yeah, hygiene scares? Bo- it's boring. I would say it's boring. I want to go from this into the Flonase thing because I feel like that's a good jump. But we have to, I guess, take a pit stop because we said there were 50 things. And Jesse McCartney, 25 things you don't know about me. I'm an amateur pit master. Speaking of pit stops. What's he most known for? Which songs? Beautiful Soul. 
he's most known for millennials exactly our age being like, where's Jesse McCartney? You know, like he is the ultimate one hit wonder millennial pop star person. Who, after releasing Beautiful Soul, just started writing songs for other people. Like, I think now his bread and butter is writing songs for other people and not necessarily performing those songs. He famously wrote the Leona Lewis one hit wonder. I don't know if she, I don't know if she's bleeding love. That's kind of rude. Bleeding love. But that was a big hit. And she hasn't had a big hit like that since in the US. But did you see her baby bump? No, she's pregnant. I saw a few headlines with her cradling her baby bump this morning and I was like, good for Leona Lewis. Jesse was on Mass Singer, of course. Why wouldn't he have been? He was a turtle or tortoise. Yeah, he came out of a shell. Number 13, my wife's family sells all the flowers at Costco. It has oh. inspired me to get good at arranging flowers. Okay, flower money. She's very Joe Alwyn private. They got married last fall. I think we talked about her. her name is Katie Peterson. But if her family sells all the flowers to every Costco, that's a rich family. So speaking of Spawn, tell me about Flonase. Well, we were talking about this this Crest partnership, this Crest ad deal, and the best ad deal of the week is Jessica Simpson for Flonase. We'll come back. We'll come back up to Betty Gilpin. But I'm just saying, Jessica Simpson from Flonase had me stop dead in my tracks. Had me screen recording live on the subway, just just standing there, so I had service to make sure that I caught the entirety of her incredible pitch for Flonase, which involved climate change and allergies and reading cue cards, I think. Something was going on and people were like, what's going on with this? And I got to play you this clip. I got to play you this clip. What many people don't realize is some of the other effects of rising temperatures affecting us right now, like the increased pollen count and the longer, harsher allergy seasons. Pollen count and climate change are both invisible monsters we are all fighting. I have been fighting my allergies with Flonase for years now, and even my kids use children's Flonase. When you tweeted this, I noticed that like the most common response from people was, I think, a totally fair one. And we've talked about this in the past, usually with when it came when it comes to the Kardashians. Like, it's not surprising me that Jesse McCartney or like Sonico Martin Green are like people who are not thems or like known billionaires are doing spawn like that's part of the job right but jessica simpson is extremely famous for being extremely rich like surprisingly rich like my company's worth over a billion dollars rich so it's weird to me that she's doing this did you see she bought back full ownership of her company which is kind of yeah that was like one of her plots recently in her in her life where she bought back her company in full. She got so rich off of it that she said, oh, I want full ownership of it. And she published a memoir that made a ton of money too. Yeah, of course. No, you're right. So you're kind of, you're kind of like, why is she doing this? But the answer is just, there's never enough money. When you start, you, when you start making money, you start spending money and then you, there's not enough money. It's like an addiction. Whatever. I just thought this was a bummer because I thought this ad was so funny. It was so clearly somebody just reading cue cards that were held improperly or at the wrong <laughs> angle. She kept on like looking at them and she kept on like trying to like, infuse her personality in it but it just wasn't going well and then people were like is she okay and i'm like she's fine you just don't want to hear about the benefits of flonase because she's like climate change is making your allergies worse and the only way to combat this is flonase not actual you know climate legislation it's just deal with it (laughs) get flonase also they're saying she's slurring her words you clearly have not heard a first take on any of our ads i mean (laughs) nothing like nothing like reading words for the first time to really make you sound absolutely out of your damn mind so Mm -hmm. i don't know i just feel very i'm like i see no problem with the flonase ad i love the flonase ad 
tying allergies into climate change. Sure. I don't know who wrote that for her, but it's incredible. Moving back up this doc, I don't know that I'm going to keep this in the episode, but is this headline funny or not? Betty Gilpin recalls being accidentally left in a body bag on the set of Law & Order. <laughs> As someone who didn't watch Glow, I have no connection to Betty Gilpin, and I know that she's sort of, that people love her, but like, I don't really know her. She's definitely a who, though, right? Unless you watch Glow, you're not going to be like a Betty Gilpin stan, and that's just like okay. the way that it is. I watched a good amount of Glow. She's good in it. She's one of the lucky few who has been in four episodes of Law & Order as a different character. She's been in two episodes of Law & Order Criminal Intent, one episode of the original Law & Order, and one episode of Law & Order SVU. And in her first episode, which was 2006's episode of Law & Order Criminal Intent, she was put in a body bag because she was a dead person. And she was telling this to, who was this, like Stephen Colbert Jimmy or something? Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. And she says, for the dead body, I was Fran Drescher's daughter, which is an honor. Again, she's a dead body. She's Fran Drescher's dead daughter. Um, but I don't know about that casting. Fans will know I was found naked in an oil drum. Fans will know. Vincent D'Onofrio, like, found my naked body. It's her first acting job ever. They zip her up in the body bag. And then they called cut. They were like, that's lunch, guys. Great day. And I hear, like, footsteps on gravel getting farther and farther away. Van doors closing. And then... Like, 10 seconds goes by, I hear one faraway PA being like, oh my god, and like, footsteps coming towards me, like, unzipped sunlight in my face. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. Let's get that's you out of there. Funny. That's pretty funny. Like, hello, yeah. help, hello. Yeah. No, I didn't want to be high oh, maintenance. You didn't want to, well, I yeah, wanted to work again uh, the your same first, season. It's yeah. your first job. You don't want to ruin the scene, yeah. of course. What was that show that didn't last so very long that What's-Her-Face was in the bag, and she came out of the bag, covered in tattoos, remember? The show? It was like, oh, 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 <laughs> tattoo lady. And she comes out of the bag and she's covered in tattoos and they have all the clues. Yeah. And they're like, they're like policemen, Mr. Blind policeman, spot. Police Blind spot. Who, and who's the actor? Was it, um, was it Gal Gadot? Blind no. spot. No, oh, it was just was a brunette. It? Jamie Alexander. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is then. Jamie okay. Alexander, an unidentified woman found naked and amnesiac in Times Square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. There's not much to say except for this was a story she told on a talk show, which is like the perfect talk show story, you know? Mm -hmm. What is she promoting? She's promoting Gaslit. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, not the Julia Roberts stars show. I love this story. Okay. I love a coming out story, but I've never heard a coming out story like this. I don't really know who Misha Collins is. The name sort of rang a bell, but I think only because Supernatural gets a lot of attention on the blogs. Like Supernatural has this like surprising standum. Um, despite being a show that is over. Right. The, sh the show's not on anymore, no? The show's not on anymore. Okay. But it was a big show, and it was on forever. Lindsay, guess how many episodes Supernatural ran for? Like 45,000 episodes. 327 episodes over 15 years. Misha Collins kind of looks... He's giving um, What's-His-Face, the cheater... Um, Lily Collins, cheater guy. He's Dominic from, Cooper. From the he's a Dominic, he's, he's a Dominic a Cooper. He's giving a younger yeah. Dominic Cooper. Yeah, totally. He played the Angel Castiel. We talked about him because when we were talking about when the boys were fighting, when the girls were fighting, the boys were fighting from Supernatural, mm -hmm. those boys. We were talking yes. about other people in Supernatural and Misha got involved because he was like, break it up, boys. You know, he kind of like stepped in to be like, stop fighting. He was the you third know? lead vocalist of Supernatural, right? It's Jared exactly. Padalecki and Jensen Ackles. Exactly. And so Misha Collins was at, I love this. He was at a Supernatural fan convention, which is truly iconic. Wait, 
<laughs> wait, sorry, I'm I'm just I'm perusing his his Wikipedia and I just got to his credits and in the year 2013 he was in something called TSA America, just relax, and also TSA America, suspicious bulge. TSA America, yeah, but is it ticking? I don't know. I don't know if these are like educational shorts about TSA, but like if they are, that's really cool. Suspicious Bulge. Okay, sorry. Keep back to what you were saying. How did he, how did this happen? He was at a supernatural convention and he was speaking there, which is like these conventions are how you keep making money, right? They're like, right. they're cameo adjacent, I would say. I don't know. They're just for the super fans. He was speaking at this convention over the weekend and he said, how many of you would consider yourself introverts? How many extroverts? And how many bisexuals? It's very Wendy Williams. Clap if you're an extrovert. Clap if you're an introvert. Clap if but, you're a bisexual. But since right? when does bisexual come after extrovert, introvert? Never before in the history of time. Okay, because usually it's like, you know, are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Are you an Aries? Yes, okay. So he goes, how many of you are introverts? How many of you are extroverts? How many of you are bisexuals? Everyone's clapping. And Misha goes, I'm all three. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, so now the stories that uh, come from this are supernatural actor Misha Collins comes out as bisexual. But the only thing he said was, I'm all three, which is him saying that he's bisexual. I just love the way this is reported because there's no other details. Just Jared says, from then, Misha moved on and didn't bring up his sexuality again. So basically he said, I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert, I'm bisexual, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm not telling you anything else about this. You can't be an introvert and an extrovert. I just Googled that. Apparently you can be an omnivert. I don't recognize that. You're either an <laughs> introvert or you're an extrovert. I think that introvert, extrovert self-identifications are completely useless. And they don't tell me anything about a person. Well, I don't disagree, but I also feel like you can't be both. <laughs> that really doesn't help. The main thing, I think, is that self-identification doesn't count. What do you mean? Because there's nothing more annoying than like the most, I hate, again, I hate these words, introvert and extrovert. The most extroverted person you know being like, I'm, I'm an introvert. an introvert. Well, you can have a lot of friends and still be an introvert. Anyways, that's what my therapist says. Okay. <laughs> but that's why I know. think they're unhelpful. They don't actually do any, <laughs> right? They don't really mean anything unless you unpack sure, them sure, with, let's sure, say, your friend sure. or your therapist. Sure. So I just think that. Of those three identifications, I'm an introvert, I'm an extrovert, I'm bisexual. Only one of them helps me understand who he is. <laughs> oh, he's bisexual. bisexual. Cool. Great. This is also, uh, again, didn't watch the show, but apparently the Angel Castile was also, quote unquote, homosexually in love with Dean. Who wrote this? Pop Buzz. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. Anyways, Pop apparently he, his character was queer, so that's nice. He's like knee deep into the CW family, so he's sure. going to be Harvey Dent and Two-Face in some new... Batman show that's going to be on the CW. So Misha Collins is still working. He's still getting work. And he's also writing poetry. He just released a book of poems. You found this. And this is, I mean, he's totally fine. So it's okay that he is fine. But it says Jared Padalecki was involved in a, quote, very bad car accident. He's fine. He's, he's fine. He missed the convention. And people were like, literally, this is his This is his one job is to come to this convention. But he couldn't come because he was in a bad, he was in a bad accident. And Jared's former co-star, Jensen Nichols, remember, they got in a fight. They're fine now. He mm -hmm. said, I miss my buddy. He sends his love. He's sad he can't be here. He was in a bad car accident, blah, blah, blah. And then this goes on and on. And then it says, also, during the fan convention, a supernatural star came out as bisexual. <laughs> that was the end of this story. And I was like, 
You can't even name him. Like, this is a story that people who watch Supernatural are going to click on. They know who Misha Collins is, and you're just going to say, also during the fan convention, a Supernatural star came out as bisexual? Well, it implies that it's one of the previous two that they just mentioned Mm -hmm. in the article. And it's not. It's Misha. I love journalism, and I love Just Jared for this. I love you for this. This is incredible. Anyway, I'm going to play the clip of Misha Collins coming out as bi because it's like, honestly, an extremely charming clip. It's truly bisexual representation. Listen to it. Uh, how, how, by, a, by a show of force, how many of you would consider yourselves introverts? How many extroverts? And how many bisexuals? <laughs> Okay, so um, this is future Bobby recording 6.50 p.m. on Monday, April 25th. I finished editing this episode a couple hours ago, actually, an hour and a half. I was pretty happy with it, and I was like pretty ready to put it to bed, schedule it, ready to move on with my evening, have dinner, watch a little television. And then I opened up Instagram.com slash Misha, which is his Instagram account. Misha Collins, actor, baker, candlestick maker. He loves identifying in threes, doesn't he? So we posted a statement that I'm going to read in full here because it sort of negates pretty much everything we said about him. Here we go. I want to deeply apologize for misspeaking this weekend. At a fan convention in New Jersey, when I was talking with the audience, I said that I was, quote, all three things, colon, an introvert, an extrovert, and a bisexual. My clumsy intention was to wave off actually discussing my sexuality, but I badly fumbled that and understand that was seen as me coming out as bisexual. This was not my intention, so I need to correct the record. I am not bisexual. I happen to be straight, but I am also a fierce ally, and the last thing I want to do is falsely co-opt the struggles of the LGBTQIA community. I believe and fully support that we need to sanctify the human right to express our identities honestly and to be free to love whomever we choose openly. I am deeply sorry for the clumsiness of my language. I want to be a better ally and I feel sick to my stomach that I might have done anything to make things worse. I'm trying to learn, trying to do better, and I will keep listening. Thanks and I'm sorry. So Misha Collins is not bisexual and it's... (laughs) And it's totally unclear whether or not he's an introvert or an extrovert. We don't know. So, um, if you know firsthand whether or not he is an introvert or an extrovert, please call in at 619-WHO-THEM, because I need clarity. And how many bisexuals? <laughs> Moving on. Is this your favorite story of the week? Well, it, it did catch my eye. The uh, We rarely talk about T Magazine in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I do 
But I do read Teed Magazine. That's the New York Times style magazine. I think it's really funny to get recommendations of things that I can't afford in a way that's Mm -hmm. so casual. It's like, Mm -hmm. this hotel in Morocco is really fantastic and the proprietor, blah, blah, blah. And it's like $4,000 a night. Anyways, I like that. I like that tone that it's casual. (laughs) I just like that it's, I like the casual tone of recommending something to someone that is so ridiculously overpriced. Yeah, it's like Goop. It's what made Goop so fun to read. It really did. And it's just the, with the, with completely no pretenses about it being something that most people can't afford. You, if you are, if you're catering to this audience, then, or even not even that audience is supposed to be, it's just me reading it being like, LMAO, I'm never going here. So that's why I love T Magazine. But T Magazine had a very interesting piece that was written by, of course, the byline isn't here. Who was it written by? Nick Haramis. It was, it's called Searching for the Notorious Celebrity Book Stylist. Love this because don't know what a celebrity book stylist is, but I also think mm-hmm. that Nick also doesn't know what a book celebrity stylist is because he's kind of making up the term because it's a job that is like maybe not a job, but also maybe a job. He's trying to figure out it's if there is somebody job. who is doing this quote unquote job, aka matching books with celebrities and not aesthetically, not, oh, not the strand filling my bookshelves with books that are beautiful colors. He mm-hmm. means contextually. He means putting a celebrity in a place where they're going to get photographed and having them hold a specific book that says something either that they're smart that they know that they know new authors that they know old mm-hmm. authors that they're it's like Grimes walking the streets of LA holding um Karl Marx you know she mm-hmm. did that herself she wanted to do a joke but this is the serious side of that where you have celebrities being like I'm smart <laughs> Yeah, it's like, was there someone who Gigi Hadid specifically went to and said, what should I carry? And that person said, carry the stranger around. (laughs) As a first. Because the whispers that Nick is hearing are that, yes, in fact, there are people who are doing that. But when he asks around, people get really cagey about it. But it's interesting because celebrities are launching these little book clubs left and right. And so Mm -hmm. what would be so crazy about there being I would say I'd call this person more of a consultant than a book stylist because I get that that's more of a flashy name and speaks more to just the idea of being photographed with a book but a celebrity book consultant certainly exists and I'm sure we'll get people Mm -hmm. calling us saying oh I know somebody who does that it's just somebody who knows all the buzzy titles and knows what's coming up know who knows who to read and is saying these are the types of books you should be associated with they'll by association they'll make you seem this way or that way these are the cool people. Because I was sort of like, okay, is this all hypothetical? Is he just assuming that this person exists? Well, and he goes, there's the really he line. He kind goes, of goes after somebody who he thinks is a celebrity book stylist. And she's kind of like, am I? Am I not? Or am I? Am I not? <laughs> do you think this person is an author? Or do you think this person is someone who works for a publisher or a publicist? Or do you think it's just like a bookfluencer or another celebrity? Like, who do you think this person is? I get a sense that there is like, you know, our friend Maris, who's like just in the know about books. Like I, uh, it could be yeah, someone like Maris. It could be a bookshop owner. It could be it could be anyone who's like got a, a, a toe in about publishing or not even a toe in a whole a whole leg in about publishing and and the kind of what's around the corner because the idea is like they were they compare it to the scene from devil wars prada where she's like get me the copies of the new harry rowling's new harry potter and she does and she has to call around and get them it's like that person who would be able to get you a galley of something so that you were you had read it or something or you were spotted with it or whatever it is Mm -hmm. like there is a thin line, though, between the assumption that these celebrities are not reading these books is made in this, but it's also, like, not quite explicitly made. 
you know? And also, well, he talks to people where it's like, even if they're not reading it, who cares? Right, right. Talking about books and getting books read and getting books notoriety is like a net good. And who are we to judge whether or not, like, why why, why do we care whether or not Gigi Hadid actually read this book if she's getting other people to read this book? Like, that, I'm there's sorry, value in that. Do we that? think that Gigi Hadid got people to read The Stranger? I don't think so. I would put money on it that they could, they, that, that book saw an uptick in sales. For sure. I think that's how these this works. Like a small one. The book club thing is definitely more, I think, of an authentic expression of I want people to think I'm smart and I like these books and I want to read them versus being literally like I'm looking at this photo of Kendall Jenner just reading this uh, girl Chelsea Hodson's 2018 essay collection tonight on somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kendall does the work. Some celebrities will just hold a book. Kendall covers hers in post-its and she's, flags. Yes, yeah, she's studying. <laughs> she's studying. The best thing is when you see the interiors of somebody's house and they've so delicately placed these very buzzy books kind of strewn across the surface. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I like this article because it says it asks a question that it cannot answer and doesn't answer and invents a new job title that I've never heard of and maybe won't it doesn't exist. Celebrity book stylist. <laughs> Do I believe that this person exists? Yes. This article did convince me that there is someone who is telling people what to carry around. At least one person. Do they get paid? I don't know. My thought is, is that there is someone that is hooked up enough and within publishing that agents and managers will call and say, we need a few book recommendations or can you come in and consult with us about the about the lineup of this of the book club or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there mm-hmm. is. There has to be. There's got to be people like that. Is it as formalized as this? Who knows? Just fill your shelves with some books from the Strand that look pretty like Ashley Tisdale. What are you? Come on. And call 619 who them if you know who the book stylist is, please. (laughs) Or if you are the book stylist. (laughs) If you're the book stylist. And tell me what book I should be carrying when I'm popped. Well, you should be carrying The Old Place out September 20th by (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to dig a little hole into it for my keys and my phone. And then I'm going to put little straps on it for like, a purse. <laughs> that, that, that'd be so funny. That'd be so funny. Um, okay, wait. So what I'm thrilled by, we did so much spawn today. And you know what we didn't do a lot of? Relationships. relationships. I feel like the last couple of weeks we have I so know. many relationships stories. Today we got two. That's it. We're two. literally over an hour into this and we have yet to do a relationship, which is honestly inspiring to me. I'm inspired. I love this. But... We do have to do one relationship because it is important to us that Ashley Darby and Michael Darby broke up. We have two, but one of them's an update. There's only one real relationship story, which is breaking news. The Darbys broke up. I understand. And again, this is the Real Housewives that I do watch. But like, I get it now. Like when one of these stories happens where a couple on the Real Housewives finally breaks up after a long time. And I know a little bit about the fact that they've been together. Like when you've spent all these seasons with someone watching this relationship that is just so obviously a problem or like not working in a way that's like damaging one or both parties. It's such a relief. You finally understand the implication of the Vanderpump breakup where I was trying to explain yes, to you. Uh, these I do. People have been going back and forth. It's a huge plot line, but you almost think because it's a plot line, it's like part of it and they're leaning into it. And I'm kind of like in that way, I feel like they won't break up because they're kind of like fighting that. But you know what? If you're on Housewives, if you're on reality TV, it is an 80% chance that you are breaking up. There is the, the statistics are not in your favor. Right. Mm-hmm. So Ashley Darby and Michael Darby. Thank God. They are since season one. She was the younger, cool woman who was always drinking Coronas, and she's dating this 
older Australian weirdo who assaulted a cameraman, (laughs) said really inappropriate things to other men on the show, was allegedly cheating on her, Ashley. Uh Uh She's looked the other way for years. They have kids together at this point, and now they're splitting. And she revealed this because she's such a good Bravo employee. She gave the exclusive to The Daily Dish, which is Bravo's website. That's a company girl. Exactly. She's a company girly. And she goes, almost eight years ago when Michael and I said I do, we anticipated sharing every single day together from that moment forward. Unfortunately, that is not our current reality. We've decided to separate. We are aware that there will be many speculative views as to why we have made this decision. AKA, we've watched six seasons of this show. People will be quick to assume that the causes were too much intrusion by reality TV into the most personal parts of our lives. Age gap issues, cultural problems, child-rearing differences. Okay, you don't have to name them. We know them. You don't have to name them. We're now both at very different stages in our lives and have had different goals for the futures. We both want the other to achieve true happiness and fulfillment and feel that we cannot do this together. They said they're always going to love each other. They have two kids. They want support. The way she captioned this on Instagram was a photo of the two of them. I think the kids are in the photo too. And she goes, it's been almost eight magical years. Please check out bravotv.com. Heart <laughs> emoji. <laughs> that's amazing. That's real fucking. That's keep me on this show. That's, that's I'm ready to show. work. I will play. That's, I will play. That's the clocking game. in. Yeah. Company it's just man. that's what I was so it. impressive to me too. And none of this means, and we know how this works. None of this means that Michael's off the show. Michael will probably be around because they're co-parenting. Like none of it means anything with regards to casting at all. And Michael has been toxic for years, and they leave him on the show because he's good for drama. Like because. Everyone else it's loves really complaining funny that about you. Him. Finally, have like a bra- a housewives Bravo thing you can speak to <laughs> that you actually understand. <laughs> but yes, it's yeah, just totally. crazy how long when he grabbed the ass of the cameraman and it's on tape. Well, not the grabbing, yeah. but like the the verbal interaction where he walks by and the and cameraman's like, hubba, hubba, "Did you just fucking touch said, me?" Yeah, hubba, hubba. bullshit. Like how yeah. they bring that up all the time like that's the thing about the housewives that i never really understood until watching many many seasons myself nothing ever dies nothing ever goes away well the thing in a normal relationship off tv hey things can happen you know like and then couples get over them and move on with their lives if your if your relationship is on tv they're gonna play the clip over and over again and you're not gonna move (laughs) on like you just you just physically cannot move on so you it's just a different there's no way to heal i don't think from any of that if they're gonna keep playing the clip (laughs) andy cohen's like roll the clip roll the clip you know you have to watch season five of selling sunset it's so good I got to finish it. I got to finish it. I literally flew through it last night. I could not have flown faster through that show. I was like eating it like candy. It is unbelievably good. I cannot stand it. Well, I have to watch it for sure by the time they film what I think is a first for Selling Sunset. Netflix is filming a reunion special. And they very cleverly, and I think this is so smart, Netflix, who is not known for making good decisions, especially over the past uh, few months or whatever, a few quarters. I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. Um, is he's calling them out? Uh, wow, really speaking truth to power over here. Yes, I will call Netflix a purveyor of bad decisions. No, oh my um, God. Oh I am brave. <laughs> I will live my Sarah Bareilles truth, and I will say that Netflix is bad. Okay, stop, stop. <laughs> okay. So, listen, I think it's so yeah. clever that this show, which, as Chriselle told me on her Instagram, is number one in so many countries, Uh waited until after public response to the season before they filmed the reunion. Stop. 
Wait, they haven't filmed it yet? They filmed it on the 24th. They filmed it on Sunday. Stop. So they waited until Amazing. it had been out for a couple of days. Amazing. Isn't that, isn't that, that just seems really smart. Like they waited until like they were extremely familiar with what the public response and public perception of all their shit was. They gave it like mm-hmm. 48 hours. I don't know. I think that's mm-hmm. really smart. And I think that's going to mm-hmm. make the reunion really good. Mm-hmm. And the person who's moderating the reunion, do you know who that is? No. Andy Cohen. Tan France. Oh. oh, that's so good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Do you want to know what the split is? How the couches are split? At least on this one publicity photo. How are they going to know? Th- oh, with public. Okay, I was on like, the left you know side that? and the right side. Okay, so it's okay, very yeah. housewivesian. On the yeah. left side, we have Davina, Romaine, Emma, Mary, and Chriselle. Chriselle's center, right next to Tan. Then left to right on the right side, starting with the center, who's closest to Tan. Chelsea, then Heather, then Maya. Then Vanessa and then Grayson and Jason are behind. They're not them. putting gel they're not putting Chelsea next to Christine. Christine isn't even on the reunion as photographed. She didn't go to the reunion? She's not there. She's not there. So mm-hmm. I don't know if she shows up late or what, but Christine mm-hmm. is not in the publicity photo for the reunion. Are you gonna read her book? Whose? Christine Quinn's book, How to Be a Boss well, Bitch. How to be a boss bitch. Well, I read Chriselle's, and it would only be fair if I read Evil Chrishells. <laughs> Lindsay and I have been reading memoirs for the Patreon. We've done Delia Efron's memoir. We're doing Molly Shannon's memoir. We're doing Viola Davis's memoir. I think we're going to have to do Christine's. Yeah, that'd be a boss bitch. <laughs> I, I do feel like I want to read hers and compare it to Chrishells because it's only fair. Yeah. The last relationship story, though, is we got... Yeah. We talked okay. about this on Friday. Tendiway Newton and Alona were spotted smooching, I believe, in Santa Monica. Um, the mythical Santa Monica in California. Here's the headline from the Daily Mail. They're the only ones with the photos. This was an exclusive. So anyone else that talked about this smooch had to link out to the Daily Mail, which I think makes everyone miserable. Well, they were the only ones who would pony up for the for the photos. Well, part of me wonders, was this Tandy Way's doing? Was this a handshake with Daily Mail being like, I need some good press? Okay. Um, so they're actually smooching. It isn't just a friendship. I mean, I guess okay. friends can kiss. Friends can kiss, but she was definitely no, smooching. No, they're smooching. And if it was rumored, then they're smooching. Then what else do you need to confirm? Also, she's letting herself, quote unquote, be pictured smooching. Something went on here that is upsetting either for either in their relationship. Don't know what happened, but something is it's over. It seems like it is. It's over. Let's do Rita. What was she wearing? Where was she seen? She posted what on Instagram? She's the Who Queen. Tens of people want to know all about the number one Who. Lindsay Bobby, tell us now. What's Rita Ora up to? Who is this woman? She didn't go to Coachella week two. She was never at Coachella. Sound the alarm. She's not at Coachella. Well, there's no point to go to Coachella week two. No one cares about week two. Week two isn't even canon. Did week two even happen? The only thing that came out of week two that I noticed was that we got Harry Styles and Lizzo. Oh, okay. Cool. Beyond that, I didn't really see anything else notable Billy coming from week two and of Coachella. Paramore Girly performed together. That was fun. I guess. Oh, that's right. I think I saw something about that. But yeah, Coachella week two is considerably less uh, important to society. So Rita would never go to week two. She would never go to week two. Instead, she's feeling herself 
She puts on a cheeky display and a G-string as she relaxes on a beach. I think she's in Hawaii. Is she in Hawaii? Yeah, she's in Hawaii. She posted a photo of her in a black bikini covered in mud. And she captioned it, stay hydrated and exfoliate, kids. And her boyfriend slash father, Taika Watiti, made a dad joke. You shouldn't exfoliate kids. I think there was no comma there. She went back and edited in that comma. The, the, the comma should be after exfoliate, babe. Yeah. She put the she edited and put the comma wrong. Okay, this says stay hydrated, comma, and exfoliate kids, period. If you wanted to say stay hydrated and exfoliate kids, like you're the kid I'm talking to you, you know what I'm saying, you would do stay hydrated and exfoliate, comma, kids. Comma, kids. Why would you edit and put the comma in wrong? Taika, an Academy Award winning writer, saw that and said, mm, that's a typo. You shouldn't exfoliate kids. It's just, cra- it's just crazy that you see this edited and then it doesn't even have the edited correctly. My favorite thing that happened... To Rita Ora this week, the most important thing is that we got this headline this morning, April 25th. Sonia Kruger, who was the host of The Voice. Okay. Sonia Kruger reveals what she really thinks about Rita Ora on The Voice Australia's superstar coaching lineup. Oh, no. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And you click it. You know what she said? What? In an interview with Seven Entertainment on Sunday, the 56-year-old voice host was clearly besotted with the Anywhere singer. Oh. Quote, Rita Ora is just incredible. Everybody who has met Rita has a little bit of a girl crush on her, she said. I told you that I I don't watch that show because it's really hard to watch The Voice Australia in America for some reason. Mm -hmm. But I believe she's a perfect cast. I believe she's very good at that job. And I also think being a judge on The Voice is an incredible personality play. I think it makes you Mm -hmm. look great. It really is a... You know what I mean? It gives you... I mean. It gives you a personality, a public personality yeah, that is quite charming because you're you're interacting with other celebs on the panel. You're interacting with up and coming singers and you're being inspiring. And it's you're being it's supportive. Great, yeah, it's a great for somebody who's like, you know, we really want to get you out there like and have you be funny and have you be relatable and cool. The voice is a great place for you to go. We're going to stop. I did see some clips from Voice Australia because I watched Jessica Malboy be very ins- inspirational and cute as well. I love her. She got Second married. Second favorite Voice Australia. <laughs> Your fave girly judge. slash Eurovision contestant. We're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who Weekly. Keep calling in at 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for our Friday show, Who's There? Thank you to Katie and Eric of the Who's for providing our Rita theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, a Discord server, occasional newsletter, which we have to send out this week, by the way, commentary sometimes, all sorts of stuff. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, please. We love your ratings and reviewings. And we'll see you on Friday. Bye. Bye. You will say that. Hey. 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 Hey.